Hello and welcome to The Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. Joining me today on the show is Shishti Jain. Shishti is a co-founder and director at Feeding India, which is an initiative of Zomato. She has a passion for eradicating hunger from India, so much so that she is called as the hunger hero of India. Her initiative has has served 126 million meals for 188 cities across eight countries. Amazing that is. She is a TEDx speaker, an entrepreneur, a social activist and an influencer. She has been honored by the president of India, the prime minister of India and by many other governments and non-government organizations in terms of philanthropy and her work. Welcome to the show Shruti. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Our pleasure Shruti. Thank you for taking out your time and then getting into conversation with us. Sure. Shruti, can you please walk us through on your journey from being you started your career as a research intern to becoming an inspiration to the youth? Can you just take us through on what you have been doing at Feeding India and how is it is associated with Zomato? Sure. Um, so I actually started my career in uh, late um, in early two thousand, and I was really interested and always wanted to do something that touches a lot of lives. You know, it, it does not really have to only be an impact, but has some way. that i can create change in a lot of people's lives and maybe positively impact them so that has always been my motivation uh when i started my career i started this in marketing for a global us based mnc where i handled uh, communications with and for c uh, level executives of fortune 500 companies so again that was something that i was doing with you know to create impact directly in the to the bottom line uh, to build engagement with these folks Uh, at that particular time my colleague uh, ankit went to a wedding where he saw massive amounts of food getting wasted and then shared that experience with me and it was just very shocking to see that in a country like india which has the highest number of hungry people in the world and technically we don't need to know statistics to know that there's hunger you know we just need to go to the next red light and we see people begging on the road Uh, in a country like this um, a lot of food and good food was being thrown away every single day so it seemed like a very easy problem to solve you know it seems like hunger was uh, and is a man made problem it is not really about the lack of food but it is about access to food and that is how the concept of feeding india really started um you know uh, that's in 2014 we started feeding india you know small with just two people uh, started serving meals uh picking up food from caterers around the houses donating it to people in need and slowly slowly we started growing this movement from just two people to a lot of more volunteers you know at that time the concept of food donation and specifically surplus food donation was very very rare you know it was something like a taboo that people didn't understand that this something like this needs to be done and can be accepted as food uh so a lot of time was spent in building that awareness among people uh slowly slowly the word of mouth grew uh, a lot of partners joined in uh, we increased our number of meals that we served our impact and in 2018 actually we merged with zomato 
the idea and the thought behind it was that we've been able to create i think uh, we, we served almost around 20 25 million meals by then by 2018 and we wanted to really accelerate our impact and our growth and we really believed that private and public sector or like a not for profit sector needed to come together to really solve these biggest challenges that our country faces today and that's how we really worked together and since then you know we've served more than 125 million meals across 188 cities in the country uh we've launched one, some of the biggest campaigns during covid relief uh in the last year we have uh you know a great network of people who vouch for our work who support us who believe in us uh and you know contribute in any way that that's possible so that's been the journey in a nutshell in of the last 7 years that i've been working with feeding india very interesting and very touching shrishti definitely you're doing an amazing job so what do you think is the biggest challenge people face in this new normal because all of us have been talking the new normal yeah. and that things are going on these days and what can companies do to make the situation much better yeah i think uh, this is an unprecedented situation right like we have there's no handbook to really say that what is what needs to be done at a time like this like we've never faced a pandemic before and at at such scale so um it is a challenge that a lot of companies a lot of organizations are facing and i feel the biggest challenge um that the employees and people within the organization are facing is really um you know how to replace that learning how to how, and balance their mental health uh during this process right so uh, and i when i say the larger bucket of mental health i really mean that um all the news around the pandemic uh, work, you know destroyed work life balance in some cases and the uh, discontinuity of learning that would have otherwise been in a normal office scenario how to do you challenge these uh how do you really tackle these challenges right uh, in a in a usual case we would there would be a lot of social interaction in office uh, and this social connect often powers a lot of creativity in the work that people usually do so how do you still create that environment how do you ensure that people are able to connect with each other teams are able to connect with each other know what other people are doing in the larger organization and still be motivated enough to work with the same zeal that they were before so i think adapting to this uh, working online taking care of their mental health ensuring that the employees are still learning is one of the biggest challenges that we're facing as big organizations uh, and uh, if you think of solutions and think of things that we could be you know that could be done to really solve this i would say at an organization level things like uh, team groups or groups like hobby groups something like that uh, could be created uh, there could be more learning sessions or boot camps that facilitate that same level of learning uh, that would have otherwise happen in an office environment so those kind of steps would uh, you know be really appreciated i feel by uh, employees in an organization mental health sessions maybe exercise yoga sessions or things like that uh, would would really support organizations and employees at this difficult time so your belief is that communication is the key and it should be a proper uh, communication just like how people are actually getting communicated when they were in the office yeah, the- com- yeah exactly communications and uh, trying to recreate those experiences that would have been otherwise there yeah. be it uh, any casual social interaction as well so the, yeah. the feeling that okay people are not 
kind of working remotely, but there is a constant touch among the colleagues that they're just working on, be it uh, work being done, being recognized on the work that they're, they're happening, how technology can uh, help that. But definitely, yes, that makes a huge mm-hmm. difference because people should not get a feeling that okay, they're working remotely and then they're kind of... Uh, uh, out of place, uh, things kind of, that yeah. kind of. If you see, you know, uh, the work has been restricted to mostly your Zoom meetings. You come in with an agenda and then you exit with things to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no time really spent on how's how you know how how's the team feeling, how is how are people really doing back home, uh, work-life balance, and all of those things. So I think that really needs to also take priority and not just the to-do items that need to be done. Correct. We definitely touched upon some of the points that you just spoke about, and we understand that okay, you've been also worked in some of the uh, in different nations you've worked. So, in your opinion, how different is HR and in their initiatives across the globe, uh, and uh, yeah. uh, and how do you think that it can be uh, made improvised in uh, different companies uh, across uh, nations? Yeah, I I believe uh, I have. Uh, worked with you know a lot of people with different nationalities in a lot of different countries. I've interacted that with them. I've come to see how uh, they work and navigate the workspace, mm-hmm. and how companies in their uh, and HR in their companies have like big roles to play in fostering that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel one of the biggest things is how um, I would I would say there are two things actually. One would be how people in other countries or specifically in more European and American countries are more vulnerable. You know, they're open to getting more feedback. They're open to, um, you know, share their experiences with that vulnerability, you know, and that vulnerability really opens up for them to be continuous learners, you know, and them to create and forge uh, meaningful relationships with their um, you know, their employees. And I think that culture needs to be trickled down from the HR, where they create that culture where it's okay to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, it is okay to, um, you know, give feedback to your boss, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, not be reprimanded for it. You know, so those kinds of habits and cultures really need to be inculcated from the HR, which is I've seen there very actively outside. But in India, it's more of a very strict culture and very, I would say, uh, there's limited room to, for that flexibility. You know, a lot of companies are doing great work in India, which are trying to build that level of uh, openness and that culture. But, you know, we still have a long way to go. Um, other than that, I think one thing in India is, you know, we treat our people like machines sometimes, you know, that uh, we almost give pride uh, for them to be working on weekends, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, in, in and generally there should be more value placed on a person's personality after hours, after office, right? We need, we should know that a person who we're hiring has opinions, you know, this person has a personality that can bring in more value addition than just the skill that they bring in. And that, again, culture can be fostered through HR, um, you know, initiatives, be it um, giving their employees opportunities to pursue more things or really, really, uh, uh, you know, getting that kind of productivity out within the week hours or balancing their targets or all of those things accordingly so that there is some sort of breathing space to the employee on weekends and there's no burnout that really happens. So uh, I think those are the two things that I feel we have a long way to go in in India specifically. Okay, basically you feel 
and say that like, there is a more of a human touch that's required for an individual and then recognize an individual as an individual, not just a role that he's just playing in an organization. Yeah, of course. That yeah. makes a huge difference is what he means. It definitely is. That makes a huge difference. And not only he or she gets motivated for the good work that they have done in the organization, and then a pat at the back will definitely give them more satisfaction. And then they, the productivity will much more increase if they're looked at humans than just an individual is just doing a role in the organization. Yes, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Yes. Uh, I think these are pretty much basics, but right. uh, you know, if you say this to an any HR person right now, they'll be like, "Of course, we do this." Yes, you know, yeah, we treat them as humans. How else would we treat them as? Right. But right. then it needs to be practiced every day and in every policy. That needs to be the core of everything that we do. It should become obvious and it should be visible at every step that has been taken yeah. in organization. Correct. Yeah, and true success is when employees say that. Yes. Yes. True. And uh, we have heard that okay, you've got multiple awards, and then you're an achiever. So, how would you describe the feeling of getting an uh, getting awarded as the true nation builder or an achiever? Do you think well, that I didn't even know that I had a true goal? nation. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Go ahead. We can do that. No, no, I'm just asking you that. Uh, uh, how would you describe the feeling of getting awarded as a true nation builder or achiever? Do you think that uh, you have achieved your goal by this? No, I, I think I didn't. First of all, I didn't even know there was a true nation builder tag. <laughs> Thank you for telling me. But I think I'm so far away from that. Like you know, I feel always as a person, I'm only one percent done. You know, and I'm I'm really really far of, from achieving whatever goal I had. So if the goal is say to achieve zero hunger, I'm really far away from that. If the goal was to just uh, you know create as much as impact that I would have hoped to. again i'm really far away from that but i you know when these recognitions come or these taglines come i of course that makes you feel good it makes you feel recognized but at the same time it also motivates you to work harder you know it it gives you that push that sometimes if you know with all the uh, difficult things that you tackle on on you know on an everyday basis it gives you that push sometimes to say okay let's you know let's keep going let's keep doing more good work that we are so i think that i think that's pretty much the role of these uh, awards to really keep you um, you know motivated at some time yeah so she that's really being very humble you see that you not even achieved 1% of it and uh, feeding 128 million uh, meals is not uh, not a joke it's not uh, something very simple it's definitely a great achievement but still yes uh, there is a long way to go and then your passion yeah. your commitment dedication and then the love to do it will definitely take you the way where you're heading towards we are sure about that thank you yeah so uh, what do you think is the biggest challenge for the startups in the new normal these days ashishti in your opinion yeah i think i would say uh, standing the test of time you know right now we've seen how some organizations have like really crumbled uh, because of the pandemic this is just one example right but essentially organizations who can make through this and have those strong six system designs to stand through that whatever that might come right so i think uh, having the design in your system which is very very simple very solid that does not have many depend dependencies right does not have a lot of duplication where people um, there's no dependency on say people it's very self driven yeah. so i would say uh, you know adding too many complexities layers within an organization can really be the downfall of any one so the biggest challenge in especially in this new normal 
when we know anything can go wrong right we were sitting in march 2020 when we realized okay now the food system like specifically for feeding india we there is very little control over the food supply right or we could say as an organization that worked a lot with volunteers we can no longer go on on ground so you know anything can change and so using your um, you know your strengths to pivot at times of challenges and uncertainty and that can only happen when you are your overall design of the organization is very agile and flexible and simple right so i think that is one challenge that is there currently with uh, organizations and uh, maybe we can solve this if looked at correctly okay okay well said so i think that's a good point to be taken by many of the startups okay and uh, what ways can you think of enhancing the human capital of our nation and motivate them to move towards uh, more social initiatives yeah i think uh, i honestly believe that um, covid has changed a lot right uh, but there's again a long way to go there people have become more empathetic uh people have start, these problems are now very very closer to home you know we used to say that uh, there's hunger in the country but we never used to experience that but now we've actually seen so many people in front of our eyes you know the migrant crisis really uh, you know showed us the, the drastic pictures of things happening very close to our homes so i think that has re- awakened the realization in people and made them really really empathetic what really needs to happen is uh, you know the lines between a for profit and a not for profit world need to be really blurred uh, organizations basic bottom line should not only to make profit but also to do social good right um, it and that needs to be a, a common goal it can never be only one capitalist kind of a outlook that we have so if everyone started to look like that if everyone had an ideology like that so then all businesses all startups that we create would inherently have an angle of to do social impact and then there would you know these problems that we have in a country be it of uh, income disparity gender inequality illiteracy all of these problems would automatically be less severe because all organizations have social impact as a bottom line so i think that is something that really needs to inculcate in all the entrepreneurs um, that we have in the country and generally all the generation of new upcoming entrepreneurs to create businesses with a dual bottom line okay right okay. well said differently yes okay so uh, thank you shristi for uh, being a part of this uh, podcast and yeah. thanks for taking out your time and then getting into a conversation with us and I really appreciate the work that you've been doing and wishing you all the best and then we look forward to see that the good work that you're doing gets multiplied in multiple folds and then you get much more success and more than success it's more satisfaction that uh, you have the good work that you've been doing thank, thank you so you. much yeah take care of yourself stay safe you too thank you so much thank you so much thanks bye bye